What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Again, so springtime. Hi, everybody. Hi, Betty. Going to get underway right now. A-U-N, American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human God, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar? The public or the Godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about their future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks everyone. Uh, great to be back. Um, we had a, a very, very powerful show last week with Dan uh, Dana Benham uh, from New York State by way of Michigan. And this past week, a little bit of a, a bright light. Uh, a judge in Michigan uh, ruled uh, in in the Trump campaign's favor that these uh, uh, state administrators, the Secretary of State the state of Michigan had no authority to change the particulars of, of the requirements for the mail-in ballots and other related matters in the 2020 election. So it's kind of a nice, nice uh, little note for this week. And uh, Dan, in his presentation last week, was walking us through uh, the mechanics and the particulars for how to uh, file complaints against the bonds of these elected officials. Every one of these elected officials at levels certain and then going higher have to have uh, to, to occupy an office a, an insurance bond 
And uh, that whole process, combined with what Carl, our guest tonight, is, and, and, and Judge Paul Nally are going to be covering with the grand jury situation, I think there's kind of a, a nice synergy that could happen here. You get people filing complaints against their insurance firms, uh, knocking on their door and getting access to the grand juries, and little steps like this, and pretty soon we can take the government back, or our country back. Thank you so much, uh, Carl, for coming back on, and, and I understand the judge is on. Uh, we really appreciate you guys coming back. Happy, uh, happy, uh, what do we call it? Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day was yesterday. But I, I hope uh, some light is coming down. Uh, I'm, I'm still wearing phone. green. Okay. <laughs> hey, give us an update. Yeah, thanks for coming well, on. Thank you. Yes, and um, I'll, let, I'll let Paul deliver this one since uh, um, he's been a, a major player in this one. So, Paul, if you would explain to them what we what we accomplished here this uh, past couple of weeks. Well, um, actually, I think I probably should start back on December the seventh, when okay, when forty four citizens from around the United States all came together on one petition to a federal grand jury, asking that grand jury to take managerial and supervisory oversight and control of a criminal investigation into the presidential election cycle. Oh, wow. That, that petition was mailed and delivered on December the 7th to the United States Courthouse. On December the 8th, it went through a United States Marshal Scanning Service, and then was delivered to the clerk of the grand jury. The clerk of the grand jury, United States District Court clerk, are two separate entities. The clerk of the grand jury is an employee of the United States Department of Justice, unfortunately. <clears throat> we waited about 30 days to receive a reply from the grand jury. It did not come. And initially we were assuming that our neighbors who had been clothed with the power of law to investigate nationwide any criminal misconduct involving a presidential election cycle had simply been ignoring us. Well, as it as luck would have or as there's no luck involved. The good Lord saw to it that one of the persons who signed on to that petition just happened to be in and out of the federal courthouse periodically every month. And she was able to learn that the petition had indeed made it to the individual denominated as the clerk of the grand jury. However, she did not place that petition envelope in the hands of the grand jury foreman. And the envelope was specifically addressed to the foreman. The next thing we know is that she is able to find out that the United States attorney had withheld that petition from reaching the grand jury 
apparently he did not care what the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States said. So, the next thing I know is a month later, I get an envelope from the United States District Court Clerk's Office with that original petition in it, along with a cover letter that said, since it appears that you are making a criminal complaint, you must file this with the United States Attorney, which was a damnable lie. Mm -hmm. There is no requirement for any citizen under 18 U.S.C. 4 report to a United States uh, attorney. So, started, uh, pre oh, I'm sorry, let me back up. Previous to that, we had raised a few dollars to hire a, a Washington attorney, Mr. Bruce Fine, and he wrote a letter uh, to first to the United States attorney, uh, B.J. Pack, who was the previous U.S. attorney, this one we have now, telling him basically don't be interfering with these petitioners' right to petition. Uh, B.J. Pack, two weeks later, uh, was con uh, he's, the attorney sent a copy of that to the U.S. Department of Justice and a copy to the Oval Office. Two weeks later, Mr. Pack was asked to resign his office. Uh, wow. Since then, a new U.S. attorney has been appointed, and he is also still withholding our petition from the United States attorney. Well, we do have another avenue in order to uh, uh, get to that grand jury, do we not? Absolutely. Now, to bring you up to date just a little bit more, it just so happens that because we are talking about a presidential election cycle and there are questions about violations of laws, it just so happens that the laws being violated are both state and federal. So it, because of the way the Georgia grand jury has been established, Georgia grand juries, and there are 159 of them, can, with a specific grant of authority from the United States Congress in 18 U.S.C. Uh, 3041, have the authority to investigate and return indictments for violations of federal laws. So, as the good Lord would see fit, uh, last week we had an opportunity to go to a Georgia grand jury down in Pike County and on, a, on an unrelated case, uh, we were invited in, made it our presentation on the other case, and as I was leaving, I filed with the secretary of that grand jury an identical petition to the federal petition. I only changed the uh, heading and the captioning of that case so that it would be 
in Pike County's grand jury's jurisdiction. So now we're waiting to hear from the Pike County grand jury. And one additional item has occurred, and that is that there's a lady uh, here in, in my county, Bartow County, who has made it known to me that she is currently seated on the Bartow County Grand Jury, and she I'm waiting for her to let me know for a, a date and time when I can meet with her and present her with a copy of the same petition, only it will be captioned and headed in Bartow County's Grand Jury. Wow. So, so that's where we are right now. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long haul. We how how long have you been have you been trying to get in front in front of these grand juries, Paul? Till I made Pike County Grand Jury, it it was a twenty two year journey. And oh, for me, it's uh, been about twelve years. So it's like trying to find the Wizard of Oz, right? Yes, <laughs> no lie. Uh, we we found we found we found the Wizard of Oz, the Wizards of Oz. Um, and they're, they're in every DA's office uh, across the land. And uh, that's what made this particular event down in Pike County so, so sweet because the uh, DA in this case, no, being no dummy and being a, a DA for what, Paul, about uh, 10 or 12 years? Well, she was an assistant DA in other counties, but she was just recently elected in February special election to the mm -hmm. Pike DA's office. And um, what we had both expected would be a little bit of blowback for uh, getting in there and uh, presenting the, the, the case for our friend Randall. Yes. And that's what, that's what this was all about. And uh, Bella Russ surprised when she uh, just walked out of the grand jury room and basically said, they're all yours. Wow. You could have knocked me over with a feather. <laughs> it, uh, wow. it, it, was, it was a very special moment. So, and that's that is important. What what's really important about this is the uh, the opportunity that it presents, and the opportunity is to uh, get justice where it's not it doesn't exist anymore within the justice system. Yeah, everybody knows that. So this is what makes it uh, all the all the more sweet. So if, if we can do it, others can do it too. But here's what it took for us to get, uh, to get Randall's case before this grand jury. But he's been, he's, been pounding the, <laughs> he's been pounding the Board of Commissioners down there in Pike County for, I don't know, past three, three, four years. And I take my pot shots at him too every now and then. And I've been documenting this stuff and putting it on video because I want to do a documentary on this. But... Uh, uh, he's uh, he's he's relentless. He will not give up. I mean, why should he? His granddaughter is at stake here, and they've had her for eight years. Oh so, yeah, he wants his he wants his granddaughter back. And uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this a child custody issue, uh, Paul or Judge? I'm what, sorry. Did the did, did the DHS or or, or she, uh, is this a child custody issue? Is it yes, did the that be take your daughter, granddaughter? That, that was the issue that we were before the Pike County Grand Jury about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I managed to 
makes a, a double use of the grand jury. We presented his uh, yeah. kidnapping, state of Georgia kidnapping case to yeah. the grand jury, and then at the end of that, I was able to leave a copy of a petition to them concerning the presidential election cycle. But why is that important, Paul? But we do have a bad, we've got a bad situation here in Georgia with the state of Georgia for, for uh, being involved in fraud against uh, Title Four D funds of the Social Security Administration. Oh, yeah. Which is, by the way, that's that. I'm, I'm pretty certain that is the case in every state where there are serious uh, unlawful child-taking cases. It, it yeah. all, when you boil it all down, follow the money, it all goes yeah. back to fraud perpetrated to skim Title IV-D uh, grant money from Social Security. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the, the federal aspect of this is going to have to be addressed, and yep. there's, there's federal aspects to, and it's not just the uh, um, the, the money's involved, but uh, the fact that the judges it, this went all the way up to an appeals court, and there was a, a travesty of justice within the appeals court in, uh, in in Georgia. So it goes up and down the line. There's people involved here that. Uh, uh, take things and, and, and lay them on the doorstep of the former attorney general. So it's uh, it's something that a lot of people have been going through, a lot of people that have seen their kids uh, disappear, either uh, medically kidnapped or, yeah, you know, you've, you've heard all the different stories, yep. but they, did, they just don't know where to go. And this is one option for them. And it's not an easy option, by the way, but it's it's one of the best options if you if you can get it to happen because your chances of having a grand jury look at this with a uh, an eye towards justice is going to be infinitely more possible than right. having a district attorney or anybody else in the justice system yeah. taking a look at it. If I may disagree with you, Carl. <laughs> I do not at this at this stage in my research and in my life. Uh -huh. I am not at all in favor of getting justice. I prefer vengeance. <laughs> oh, okay. I want I want every one of them given an extended vacation in one of our plushly appointed state or federal long-term care facilities. Got it. Yeah. Well, there's, you're not going to get an argument from me, and you darn sure won't get an argument from Randall. I know. So, and think oh. of all the other think of all the other people out there right now that have had their children literally stolen from them, and it directs the family emotionally. It just it just kills the the, the people involved, and they'll never be the same again. Especially the children who, in, in many cases, there's one case right now that's still going on down in Waycross, Georgia. That child has been gone four years, has been given over to another family on a 
virtually permanent basis. I understand they're being paid $6,000 a year to take care of that one child. Hmm. That child has bonded to a family that is not of his blood. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the family that he was born to. That's that's what's so pitiful. The only problem was that family that he was taken from was in poverty. And the lawyers wouldn't help. The lawyers the lawyers are part and parcel down here, I can't speak for other states, but down here the lawyers are part and parcel of this organized criminal enterprise. This is a RICO organization. State of Georgia is a RICO organization. You know, it, it dawns on me, Paul, that we have uh, we've, we've been witness to one of the most ridiculous, offensive, corrupt election cycles that we've ever uh, been party to. There's no doubt in anybody's mind that it was totally corrupt. It was yep. so, so fraught with fraud that uh, we're all s- still sitting here wondering when the hammer's going to drop, you know? Oh, every, but, citizen, every listen, every citizen out there right now can take part and parcel in dropping the hammer, so to speak. And the, yep. way, they, the way they can do that is there's an organization down in Florida that heard what we had done with the federal grand jury. And they have taken our petition and reworded it to fit the state of Florida. And they are currently uh, posting that petition, the Georgia petition, and the Florida petition, now that they've got it done, on their website so that you can go to the website, you can type in your name, your address, your email, and your phone number. And then you can hit a print, and it will print that petition completely filled out, ready for you to mail, well, for them to mail to the United States. They're they're taking their petition to the United States District Court Grand Jury in Fort Myers, Florida. But, but anybody across the United States can go look at either one of those petitions and make a few modifications and apply it to a federal grand jury in their state. What now, is that website, Paul? Can you give us that website? Uh, it's countycongress.com. I think that's www.countycongress.com. And wow. this, is, this is the answer, and this is the answer that I was getting at that I think Trump has been alluding to all this time. He's wanted us to take control back. He knows that we can do it. Well, and, and he hasn't I, said exactly how that, that was going to look, what, what it was going to be like. And I, I'm here to say I believe this is what it looks like. By the actions of uh, Phil Hudock up there with the Bill of Peace 2020 and the uh, uh, actions to get before grand juries and have them be the arbiters of, uh, of truth as opposed to the worthless Department of Justice, we, we need to put this back into the control of the people, and that's where we've got the control. 
and that's why uh, George Soros has gone to such great pains to uh, put all of these district attorneys in place across the country to keep people like me and Paul and others who are trying to do this away from the grand jury. Wow. The handicap, but you know, every now and then you run across, you run across a good apple. And Randall, Paul, and myself just got lucky. Finally found one. That that should open the door for others. You'll point out that not every state enjoys a grand jury as powerful as the state of Georgia grand juries are. Uh, Some of the states don't even use a grand jury except in capital felonies. Illinois, for example, has a grand jury that is a child of the state legislature. It is not uh, a child of the common law uh, contained in the Constitution of the state. But it doesn't matter because you still have a constitutional right to petition, to peaceably assemble with, responsibly speak to, and be heard by a federal grand jury. Those are your rights. That right is further enforced in 18 U.S.C. 4, which commands you to report violations of federal laws. So any any uh, congressman, Senator, judge, a United States attorney who obstructs your right of access to a federal grand jury commits two felonies in federal law. Actually, they commit three. 18 U.S.C. 241, 18 U.S.C. 242, and I forget the citation for intimidation of a grand jury witness. So right there, you're looking at about 15 years vacation at taxpayer expense for those individuals to bring a criminal prosecution for them every time they do it. The only the only problem we've had with that is that those uh, those criminal complaints never make it before the grand jury to be prosecuted. Now, they get hijacked, they get waylaid, and they get they basically get thrown into the circular file. Yep. Right. So, yep. but but do keep in mind that we still have the Dick Act, which affords federal recognition of the unorganized militias. So. It's not inconceivable that if it should take that, then there are ways to call out the unorganized militia to march on a courthouse and enforce the guarantees of the Constitution. That's that's going to be a Mexican standoff is what that's going to be. Well, not if they don't expect it. Of course, I'm sure. Okay. Now, you, now you're talking about uh, Athens, Tennessee, 1946, of course. Yes, sir, the yeah. Battle of Athens, Tennessee, all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
funny how that one uh, came back to play. Um, yeah. And that was, I think, by virtue of the work that uh, uh, Commander uh, Walt Fitzpatrick did up in, uh, in Sweetwater. After spending time in jail, but you know it's it's it's, it's what we have to, to go through in order to um, to be effective. Sometimes you have to pay the price. I'm surprised I didn't have to pay the price. I mean, I was arrested up there for the same charges as, as Walt, but they dropped him for me. They didn't like the way I was talking. That was 10 years ago. That was quite a while ago, right, Carl? Yeah, 10 years ago. That's right. Oh. Yeah, that was uh, let me ask was you. a heck of a run. Let, let, let me ask. Now, Carl, you don't answer this because I know you know the answer. But I would ask everybody listening tonight to name the corporations at which you hold the position of board of director member. And and I would like for everybody to just answer the question, make it a rhetorical question, answer it to yourself. And those of you who say, well, I'm not, I, I don't hold a position as a member of a board of directors of any corporation. Well, let me congratulate you because you have just lied to yourself. The reason I can say that is because I understand, and all of you should understand, that the Constitution of your state, the Constitution of the United States, for all of the laudable verbiage that's heaped upon them are nothing more nor less than contracts that establish a corporate entity known as the state of whatever your state is and the United States of America. And you have, at the age of 18, you become emancipated and you take immediately a seat at that board of directors of both of those corporations. That's above our elected officials. Yes, it most is. Because when you elect someone to office, you are giving them a piece of your power. You're not giving them all of your power. That's why the Supreme Court of the United States has said on more than one occasion that the people in this nation are the true sovereigns. They use that phrase, true sovereigns. It is your money your property that you invest in that corporation that gives you a right to be, to have a seat at the board of directors of those two corporations. Even judges. Judges don't have all the power of a sovereign. They only have a piece of the power. People don't want to understand that. And, of course, I can't blame the people for their ignorance because I know for a fact I have seen it, watched it, studied it, and that is the educational system of this nation has done uh, without argument an absolutely marvelous job 
in educating this people to the maximum level of their acceptable ignorance. Judge yes. uh, or Paul, Paul, yes. you acknowledge that uh, a single member of the jury has more power than all the kings on earth. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because one juror, one grand juror, if he finds, for example, that most of the people in there are ignoring the law, they are ignoring the facts. He can demand their removal for cause. You see, a grand jury, federal or state, it doesn't matter. A grand, well, I, it would matter in some states, but I can only speak of, with any authority about Georgia grand juries. But in Georgia grand juries and federal grand juries, you have a tribunal established in the Constitution of both federal and state, and that tribunal is composed of judges, a panel of judges. The day you take your oath, you become a judge, literally. In Georgia, not only are you a judge, you're an Article I judge, but you're a judge of a court of inquiry, and, and the Constitution of Georgia specifically states that you are a judge of the law. That is black-letter law in our Constitution. You are a judge of the law. And if it's bad law, you nullify it. Yeah, yeah. That is your first duty. When you come in, whatever topic comes to your attention, the very first thing you do is you judge the law. Now, if the law is good, now you go look at the facts. If the law is bad, you don't care what the facts are. You know, Billy. And and you send a special presentment to the legislature. Hey, you boys down there under the gold dome Atlanta, get your cranial cavities out of your anal cavities and get rid of this. That's, that's the kind of power a grand jury in Georgia has. That's the kind of power that uh, a federal grand jury has. People don't seem to understand and know that the grand jury is the last toolbox before reach up and take a death grip on the Second Amendment. Yep, the cartridge box. Right. The ballot box. That's why that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's the the, the very last as far as I can tell, a ballot, peaceful means means of uh, of addressing our problems. Yep, the ballot box, and if that don't work, then you go to the jury box, and if that don't work, there ain't but one box left, and that's the cartridge box. Yep. And I think that was a Washington State senator that made that comment many years ago. Is, isn't the soapbox one of them in there? <laughs> well, yeah, you can you can start off with the soapbox. We've been on the soapbox for a long time now. Yeah, we well, all have. No, there comes a time when things don't work, then you don't just keep on and keep on. That's one of my, look, that's one of my problems. Now, I am not a Republican. I am not a Democrat. I don't need to be. God gave me a brain 
that allows me to go out and gather all of the facts on any particular issue and make up my own mind. I don't need some educated fool mm-hmm. whose talent is snake oil salesman and yeah. <laughs> the general population, oh, you got to vote this way, or you go, you got to vote that way. I don't need those people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're at right now, and uh, we're, we're waiting ever so patiently. Well, maybe not so patiently, but we're waiting to hear what the what the grand jury is going to do in uh, in this case. Whether they're going to refer it back, refer it up to the federal grand jury, which uh, Paul and I do hope that they do, and we're all hope, hopeful that it goes there because that's where. A lot of this stuff needs to be in this case and in the other cases we're dealing with. Refer it to the federal grand jury with an in, with an attached indictment of the United States Attorney. Uh, Paul and, and and Carl, did you guys hear uh, the status, the update from Bob Schultz and We the People Foundation that the petitions for redress that uh, later was followed by a. a a complaint at the federal level in D.C. And the judge in this case has compelled every sitting member of Congress to reply within six days to this this complaint over the 2020 election. I need to, I need a link to that. Okay. Yeah. And it was it was it was a, an order from the judge on March 4th compelling every city member of Congress to reply to this petition for redress of grievance over violations of the electoral clause in the 2020 election across 31 states of the 50 where there were specific violations where administrative officials, non-elected administrative officials, made changes to the election procedures and processes illegally, unlawfully, without the state legislature's voting and affirming that right to those changes. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's new that's a new update on the Bob Schultz case, Fred. Right? Yep. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Oh great. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. About time you know we started having some successes out there. Shooting blanks for a long time now. So that's sixty and- days from March fourth we hope to you know we'll have Bob on the next week of the week following for the update, but uh, also want to report that uh, some people behind the scenes, some technicians and technology guys, Betty, want to thank you if you're still on the show, uh, recommending that young gentleman who I I remember many years ago, uh, who's reached out to Bob, and Bob drove all the way down to meet him, Betty, to get some, Yeah, I uh, talked I talked to Scott this the other okay. day. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he want, said want they, to say thank yeah. you. Yeah, he he he. Uh, they met and, and things are going along good. Yeah, I had I had uh, Joey Palusa <laughs> got on a three-way conversation this afternoon talking about that. So anyway, oh, oh good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just behind the scenes, we all we all need to help one another. Well, what can we do, Paul? I'll send you. I'll send Carl the link to that. By the way, uh, to be sure you get that, and Carl, you can pass it along. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like 
you definitely have confirmation that this petition was served, the grand jury received it, and it sounds like you've got a warm, like a knowledgeable uh, body of, of concerned citizens in that in that institution yeah. down there. That yeah, in Pike County, we're hopeful. We're hopeful. Yeah. The fact that the fact that they were uh, willing to hear this case at all is uh, is really monumental. This could be like the but, shot heard around the world. Jesus. <laughs> well, we'd like to think so, but uh, you know, uh, the, the, the whole thing about this is that this is a learning experience for everybody involved, and yep. if this opens up doors for other people suffering the same situation that Randall has been suffering, that's going to, uh, that's going to give them hope that they can rectify the situation once and for all. And hope is the only thing we've got left at this point. And I might add there, uh, for all the people out there who might be listening who are having problems with CPS or Child Protective Services or their yeah. state, they have a remedy available through the United States Grand Jury. Mm. If they're having problems with corrupt judges in their juvenile courts or in their whatever level court they have to go to, they have a remedy available through the United States Grand Jury. Hmm. And the only wow. problem is getting to them. Yep. Getting access to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we're hoping that uh, this, this one act is going to open that particular door. And if it does, then all I can say is Katie bar the doors because it's going to be it's going to be time for a runaway grand jury is what it's going to be time for because nobody well, I, no, no no prosecutor no judge gets up there and tell, tells these uh, grand jurists what their power is what they what they can what they should be doing yeah any one of these grand juries can, can turn this country around on a dime. In a day. In a well, day. This is kind of the same thing that happened in this election. Uh, we had renegade administrators uh, in many of these states who were just willy-nilly were changing laws without well, getting yeah. approval from the states. Well, they were, in they were in violation of both federal and state laws, criminal statutes. Mm-hmm. So why aren't they being why – why isn't the U.S. Justice Department – prosecuting all these uh, fraudulent uh, vote manipulators. Why? Yeah. yeah. Well, because they've got to get Comey first. You know that. Well, yeah. And, well, what you're saying, but, well, Paul, what you're saying is they have potentially sequestered these grand juries from getting access to this criminal, with props that support these criminal uh, evidence of these criminal acts. Yes. Yes, they are keeping them sequestered from the facts. Yeah. They yeah. certainly are. And you know, the sad, the sad part about all this is that you've got people like Tom Fitton up there, and um, think of all the evidence, the, 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 the cold, cold, hard evidence that he's been able to gather through his research through oh the foundation. Oh my God! Coming out of the woodwork. Can you imagine? And I, I've, I've sent him on numerous occasions. Tom, Tom, please put it together. Get it before a federal grand jury. 
because the prosecutors aren't going to. No, no. And, he, and I, I don't know why they don't look at that seriously. I don't get it. That's what all they do is they hire lawyers to play footsie with the, with the system. That's all they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And that's all of the money. There is more money to be made in civil litigation than there is in criminal litigation. And that's all the lawyers are concerned with. We've had enough of lawyers. You know, back back when we were colonies, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but the, the state of Massachusetts was predominantly Dutch uh, immigrants. And they had signs on every road leading into that state providing notice to everybody who approached that it was a criminal offense for any English lawyer to enter that state. Really? Now, I don't know about y'all, but I think them Dutch were pretty smart folks back then. Well, the guy, the guy who founded the um, Savannah, and the, well, the Georgia Project, basically, was that, uh, who was that, Buttonwood, Dennis Gwinnett? Button Gwinnett. Anyway, um, yeah, when he was given the charter to come down here and establish uh, Savannah, um, he had two requirements that uh, he put out there, only two requirements, that there would be no alcohol and there would be no lawyers. And we did quite well here for many, many, many years until well after he died without lawyers. The original 13th Amendment, that that was not a crock, right? That was 40, 35, 40 years. It was it was passed along as being valid until they. Oh, my God, those lawyers. My Put a stop on yeah. that. One one has to wonder if uh, somehow, some way, the War of 1812 wasn't concocted to empty the archives of any documentation. Yeah. That they burned shown the Library of Congress. They burned down the Library of Congress and destroyed those original copies of that, yep. that uh, 13th Amendment. But they didn't destroy everything. Because there's still well, stuff there, out there. there I've got it. Still out there. It took them many years, but there's a few copies floating around that were still out there. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But some, some sometime we're going to have to address that. The uh, esquires of the world they they they've been able to get away with literally murder for uh, as long as they've been here, and uh, they don't want to claim their status as uh, as nobles. But the mere title itself puts them above a gentleman and below a, a knight. So <laughs> mainly it makes them a scribe, I think. That right, Paul makes them a scribe. <laughs> but that's still it's still part of nobility. That's not part of uh, anything else, and that's not allowed. They're not allowed to be in positions of profit or trust here in this country. That's one of the things that has been driving me mad for the longest time. That and the gold fringe on the flags. But Trump he did a great job of, uh, of bringing that to the forefront. He goes through all throughout his uh, campaigning. I mean, he did find him here and there, but 
by and large. He, he never allowed it. it. He never allowed it. Yeah. There was some. There was some. But uh, some. There was some. You're right. But uh, most of the time, I saw I saw him pretty clear. That's you know these are little things that uh, that make a big difference. This the symbology that goes along with it, and it's more than just the symbology. This is uh, this is them in your face establishing their their dominance, and that's not the way this system was designed. So the grand juries are the answer. They have been. They always have been. If we spend a little bit more time in getting before them the criminal allegations that everybody out there knows of some crime that a public official mm-hmm. is guilty of. Yep. Everybody. We've had All so many such stories on this show about criminal facts relating to criminal activities over the years. Just there's no shortage. Oh, oh my God. So it, it's, it's amazing. Every now and then they'll, they'll throw us a bone and, you know, throw somebody under the bus or maybe even arrest them and put them in the pokey. But by and large, it doesn't happen. The only people getting arrested are, are, are we, the people. Yeah. And, uh, and, and look what we're being supplanted by. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, Maybe we'll get the debate between Putin and Biden. <laughs> That'll be oh, a good popcorn ingestion. Or, or, or I, I because, uh, how many times has he been involved in foreign relations uh, for uh, Obama? Quite a few times, right? He's projecting on Putin exactly what he is. Oh, yeah. It sounds they, like they're good at projection, aren't they? Hmm. Yeah, they are. Projection. Hey, Paul, and Carl, thank you so much. Anybody, uh, a comment or a question? This has been a really great show. Uh, and please keep the audio archive on this and pass this along. And uh, I will send you the link on, on, on the We the People update, uh, Carl, and you can pass it on to Paul. Uh, thank, you. thank you for having us, uh, Fred. I really yeah. appreciate it. Really quick, any any comments or questions? Feel free, or else we'll just do a wrap at the top of the hour here. Edie, yes. Steve, yep. thank you guys. Just, just say thank you to you for coming in and keeping us updated. We really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Welcome. All right, guys. Thanks for the invite, Carl. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Good I'm, glad you, I'm glad you got it. Yeah, I, I was on it from the beginning to end. Oh, you the man. Okay. That's uh, that's your that's our union states guys. Awesome. All right, All right guys. And also so also Bill of Peace 2020, the Phil Hudock site that uh, people should really be paying attention to, because that's that's another answer. That's not a not a quiz, what not a problem. Wait, 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 it's wait, an answer. Uh, repeat that repeat that site again. Hudock.com or Hudock.info. Either one. S H U D O K. Doc, That's correct. And when you get there, when you get there, look for a link to the arbitration award. You need to download it, 
and have it ready the next time you get called into court. Okay. Right. Anybody can still opt in at this point. Isn't that, isn't that correct, Mark? I don't know. I wasn't here. <laughs> the other Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, this is Mark in the I, I, I was just sitting here listening to you guys. Do you mind if I butt in for something? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, talking about the grand jury, because that's my, that's my main interest. And um, um, Judge Nally, I know of you from, from Paul. I've known Paul about 12 years now. We've worked on this grand jury stuff a lot of times together. Um, I'm about changing things, not complaining. Carl, you know that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't care about what somebody did. All I care about is the punishment. Okay? <laughs> and the answer is citizen grand juries. We've talked about that. And you got like five things here I wrote out. Forget the militia. They're no good. Most of them are military operations disguised as private militias. They're not here for us. Um, you got to control the grand jury. It is a citizen's function, not a government function. Antonin Scalia said that, okay? Supreme Court Justice. Wow. Um, it was hijacked by the government in, I think, 1943. That's when it started becoming like, oh, it's a government. It's a government. Um, so the answer is you got to form citizen grand juries just like we did before, Carl. Okay? Mm-hmm. And we do them more localized legitimately, um, you know, by the book. Okay? Yeah. Um, and then you have the old, the, old, the old question we always had with this, okay? And uh, Judge Nally, you know this also. The question is, how do you enforce your grand jury indictments? Okay. All right. Now, I've got, hold on. I've got an answer to that. Okay, go ahead. A citizen grand jury is a social movement, wouldn't you think? It's a social justice issue. Okay. We can use yep. that. Okay, it is. It's about it's about justice for society. It's a social justice issue. With that in mind, we hire BLM and Antifa, and they can do the, they can do the protesting and, and the demanding. <laughs> yeah, come right up to Portland and get them too. <laughs> okay, well, listen, it sounds insane. It sounds insane, but it works. It works. They have changed things all over the country, all over the world. Actually, they're all over the world. Um, tons of money is donated to them, incredible amounts of money. Okay? The social justice warrior thing, they are the implication, the utmost, the epitome of social justice warriors because they're out there using violence and they're getting things done. So you use them to bitch about it. And, and how do you get them on board? Because they're going to say, hey, man, hey, we're anti government, man. We don't want no parts of the government. Don't you get it, idiot? If you do this, you will be the grand jury. You will be on it in judgment of your friends. If you get popped, guess who's going to be the grand jury? Your peers, people you know. What's the chances of getting indicted from friends of yours? Not much. Okay. Perform grand juries. Help us out. I think you could sell it like that. I really do. Well, they, uh, the Democrats sold it with a hell of a lot less. Well, it was all orchestrated, but I, I like the idea, Mark. That's uh, that's thinking outside the box. If you went to the right people that control the BLM and Antifa, okay, okay, and you and you and you pitch them on, and you pitch them on this idea, 
they can control just how much and what kind of violence, if any, is done. Fred, are you trying to say something to Carl? Fred? I was going to say, George Soros, we got to talk to you if you want to get to the BLM, right? Funding is coming from George Soros. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard of him somewhere. He just no, lost I think Stacey Abrams is in control. Yeah, there we go, Stacey. We'll talk to Stacey. Okay. Anyway, that's food for thought. That's my two bits for the night. Um, other than that, yeah, I'd love to help you guys with the grand jury thing. Anything we can do, I'd love to help you on it. I just don't have much time right now. Um, but I might have a lot of time very soon, in which case I do plan on jumping back into the grand jury movement. Yeah, well, let's let's get that let, let's get that oil gushing first, okay? Yeah, so, so um, go ahead and tell Judge Nelly on what you and I did with grand juries, and then he'll understand more who, who I am, because we will be okay. talking. Good. Okay. Judge Nelly, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate everything you're doing, and I am so sorry you have to go through all this, but... That's the way it is. Always has been. All yeah, everyone, let's let's say a prayer for Judge uh, Paul Paul's uh, granddaughter. Uh, I know it's a long story. We can't go into it tonight, but please prayers out to her. What is her name? Randall. Judge? Randall's granddaughter. Or no, Randall's granddaughter. Granddaughter. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yes, please. Just terrible. It's terrible. Please pray for the for the uh, overcoming of this darkness of this evil. Uh, this poor, poor daughter needs to be liberated from the situation, and uh, and hopefully through this grand jury process, this information will be the light of day and justice will reign. Thank you, uh, Judge, and thank you, Carl, and and thank you, um, what uh, Mark, Mark. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, hey, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Hope to see you all again. It's a good wrap. Thank you, Steve, Betty, everyone. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. It's either going to be Bob or, or the guest that we're going to have this week. It's going to be moved to next week. Good night, everybody. Appreciate right. it. Good night. It's a great wrap. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, everyone. God bless. Thank you, Fred. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. A-U-N, American Underground Network. Steve's still there. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.